Brandon is in the building. Hello, mate. Hello, how you doing? Yeah, man, good. Good to see you. You've been away for a bit, man. I know, five weeks touring around the world. Well, went to quite a few places, Africa, uh, which was Tanzania, Zanzibar, little night over in Dubai, Bali, did a bit of Indonesia. So back in the UK in the beautiful weather. Uh, well, to be fair, it's not been too bad, actually. It's been quite sunny since I've been back. Everyone said I brought the uh, the sunshine back with me. Yeah, it's me. just changed, man. Yeah, just started obviously hammering it down today, but clear skies again, so no complaints. Class, mate, class. Mm-hmm. You did a little Africa trip. Um, yeah. and then on to uh, Indonesia mm-hmm. what was the highlight man or was it just too many it's hard to sum up obviously a five week trip in such a small amount of words but the highlight's got to be the safari because I don't know if you like me like watching all that David Attenborough stuff and you know Blue Planet like Green Planet all the different ones he brings out and you see this wildlife on TV in 4K and you're just like this is just unbelievable and don't get me wrong obviously the footage they catch is something you'd never get because they're proper proper in the sticks but that was just as close to as that as you could get and like having lions literally 5-10 metres from me giraffes elephants rhinos buffaloes all sorts of monkeys like everything it was just like such a surreal experience Class so, man. I think that's got to be the highlight. Even though the whole trip was obviously unbelievable, very eye-opening, different cultures, but the safari was like the the pinnacle, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks it looks unbelievable, man. And yeah, not many people think to go to Africa, do they? Mm. At all? Well, it's you speak to Africans, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, it's amazing there, and not yeah. many people go. Well, it's always portrayed in it, and unfortunately, where we live in the Western world, especially England, and, you know, it's like Africa's portrayed as this poor country. The only thing you see of Africa on the TV is, like, charities, all these kids with, like, no clothes, flies on the face, a lot of poverty, and there is obviously a lot of poverty in Africa, but there's so many beautiful places as well, because otherwise people wouldn't live there, do you know what I mean? So, it's a when you go out there, it's proper eye-opening, and you think, wow, there's actually so much, and that was just one country in Africa, like, Africa as a continent is, is humongous, like that Serengeti National Park that I was in, in the safari. So you've got Tanzania, the country, Serengeti National Park, which is in Tanzania. That one park alone is bigger than Belgium. So that puts into perspective how Jesus. big, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was me in there for two days. So I probably covered like, what, 2% of that one national park. It's just mental. It's just a vast place, vast. man. And you yeah, know, like yeah. when you look at the sea and you like, the sea just meets the, the sky and you're like, it's just never ending. It's like that, but with the plains, like of grass, it's just never ending. It's just like yeah. you couldn't couldn't cover it. So it's uh, mad. Yeah, quite open, eye opening. It just makes you yeah. realise how small you really are. Yeah, yeah, I'll so, bet, man. So, mate, before I get onto uh, travelling, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just the reason I asked you to come on. You're into a lot of things. I'm into, man. A lot yeah. in common. Got your calisthenics, motivational, mm-hmm. um, reels, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Your vegan cooking, mm-hmm. holistic health. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to say, very interested in what you what you do, man. It's um, big respect. There's a there's a lot of people who use social media to show off. Yeah, you are the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You start to unravel things that people don't probably usually think about, man. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it's quite interesting to see your stuff. So I respect for that. that. Um, Thank you. So the vegan thing, obviously, is the main thing. Um, where did you decide when did you decide to kind of give it a switch yeah the, well um, I think Claire said it in her first podcast actually so I can't necessarily say I'm full vegan because obviously you've got the lifestyle of you know never 
for example, you wouldn't wear a pair of trainers if they've got leather on, you wouldn't drive your car, all that stuff. Yeah. I don't follow that to a strict T. I'm very aware of it. And obviously I try and cut down as minimal as I can. But I don't I also think if I did do the full plunge in terms of the lifestyle, it would kind of maybe make me not be happy or think about things too much. So but in terms of the food, like switching my diet to a vegan diet. Uh, which is obviously, you know, no animal products and stuff, as you know. Um, that was towards the end of 2017, I think, because um, I was always into health and fitness. I was big in the gym. I was like a bit bigger than what I was now. I was just going weight training four or five times a week, typical diet, high protein, whey protein shakes, chicken, salmon, rice, veg. Literally, that's all I used to eat. Didn't eat much processed foods. Uh, then someone said, oh, have a look at this um, documentary. I think it was called, was it What the Hell? Yeah, it was What the Health at the time. Because yeah. I think Cowspiracy was the main one that was out a bit before. But then they said, watch um, What the Health, I think it was. And I watched that and like there was just little things that were just like um, like flickering like little switches on in my head. And I was just like, yeah, that does seem a bit weird. But it's stuff you don't see because it's all hidden. You go to the shop, buy your chicken, buy your meat, buy your milk, cheese, whatever. It's in the shop, fresh packet, you know, all nicely labelled. Tells you what you, you know, your calories and macros are, sound. Pull it in my trolley, gone but you don't see the stuff behind it. And I was watching that and I was like, oh, this is a bit weird. And then I remember me and my, uh, well, my now wife, um, we, about then when we were like just seeing each other, went downstairs, she's like, oh, okay, I've got this like curry goat rice and peas that my nan cooked and being Jamaican, that's just the classic like proper, yeah. proper dish. Yeah. Uh, you know, you flipping, sucking all the bone marrow out and everything. And I think back now, and I'm like, that's disgusting, but it's just what I knew at the time. And yeah. I started eating it and I could see all the meat and the fat coming off the bone. And I was like, this feels really weird now I've watched that so I was like okay we'll try it the next day and see how we get on and literally um, once I get something in my head it's like research research I was on the computer all night boom 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 what can I eat first thing you obviously think of is protein because you know weight training and stuff as well so like, yeah found yeah. all these beans legumes tofu this and everything and said all right and try it see how we get on and we just started the next day and literally never ate meat since I, well accidentally I ate it once because I didn't know it was in my food but apart but physically like actually um, making the choice yeah making the choice mm. I've never chose to do it and it's been so 2017 so coming this August it'd be six years so that was our start and then from there it's just progress 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 like yeah 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 so what did you do together you and your missus yeah we did it together because um, nice. she wasn't that big on meat anyway um, which a lot of people you know when people are like oh I can't eat meat off the bone if it's got fat on or if it's got skin on I can't eat it and yeah. she wasn't that big on it anyway she could eat chicken she wasn't big on the red meats and stuff I was quite a big meat eater because I've grown up around it Caribbean culture lived at my nan's who was from Jamaica so they're very used to cooking like Lots of heavy meat dishes, leftovers of the meat, like oxtail, and I've had things like pigs. I've had so many like mad things. <laughs> like <laughs> it's it's mad, but that's just their normal food because in those countries it's like you wouldn't waste an animal. It was like you would put everything into like a soup, and you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, I've had I've had everything you can think of. So um, so to me it was more of a shock, but I also took it very easy, which was surprising because I thought I might have a relapse or I might be craving something or. But literally nothing. It was just something switched in my head, and I was like, "Okay, Sam, this mm. is this is me now." And as long as I can stay healthy, I'm happy to do it. Now, mad. So, so like six years, full switch. Yeah. Overnight, never went back. No. Nah. Not even switched to veggie first. No, nah, like nah, nothing. That's mad. The, the only thing I did do at the start was I did have a bit of corn, which I know corn contains egg. Um, pasteurised egg white or something, yeah. because I wasn't like 100% sure where to always get my protein from. But after a few months on corn, I noticed mm. it was quite um, disruptive to my stomach, like gassy and all that stuff, because it's not great. And, um, and obviously I kind of, 
found more healthier whole foods alternatives and I read more into corn that it's like a man-made fungus and and I think it's got its purpose it can help you transition you know it has got some health benefits but to me anything man-made is always going to come at a cost to your health so I was glad I kind of come away mm. from that and obviously to be yeah I think you can get full vegan corn actually I think you yeah can. it's horrible man yeah I think I tried yeah. to be weren't weren't nice at all just so. try it it's yeah. um I prefer like the other things you know yeah. if, I'm, if I'm going to be a, like a substitute I'd rather have like a you know, like a soy replica or something yeah. or, um, or or Satan and whatever. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I ain't a fan of the corn stuff. Nah, it's and it, it didn't agree with me either. Like, I was just like, and the same with my missus was just like, nah, this can't be good if it's just making your stomach so, like, you know, un- uncomfortable and just, oh, yeah. Just... Yeah. <laughs> but now you, you, you eat, like, predominantly clean as shit, don't you? Like, you eat, yeah. you eat full on. Uh, your food looks good, man. It's... um. And you still you can still have the Jamaican food, can't you? Like I miss jerk chicken, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, bad. I used yeah. to have a lot of jerk yeah. chicken, but as soon as you kind of just yeah. play around with stuff like lentils and whatever, yeah. it's just the flavouring. Because um, you guys yeah. do you well, you guys do that jerk um, jerk, wrap, jerk yeah. wrap, don't you? Which I've tried, which is really nice. And the thing is, what a lot of people don't realise is most of it's in the flavouring. It's like if every day you had to wake up and have boiled chicken with no seasoning, boiled beef, boiled whatever it was with no seasoning, or even raw. You'd be like, oh, this this isn't really that nice. It's not appetising. It's not, you know, it's not drawing you. It hasn't got a nice smell. The things that make it smell nice is the plants, the herbs. Now all of a sudden people like plants, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have some uh, have some dry plain chicken and tell me you don't like plants. Exactly. Man. So it's all in the seasoning, all in the sauce and all of the... Don't get me wrong, in sauces you have your sugar and your salt and your additives and stuff. They're not great, but predominantly seasonings, mixed herbs, basil, thyme, oregano, black pepper, whatever it is... Mm. Um, they, they all come from plant-derived, you know, mm. places. So essentially, your taste buds are inclined to liking the taste of the plants and not necessarily mm-hmm. uh, the meat. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. What's your favourite Jamaican vegan dish. food dish? Uh, what would I say? You eat, a, you eat a big variety, man. There's a lot. There's yeah. a lot of Jamaican-based. I do eat a lot of different going stuff. On in there. To be fair, my nan switched it up for quite a bit as well because uh, she got used to cooking vegan and she used to cook everything. She kind of used to cook things the same but season it up, season my food up the same way but she'd do it with like chickpeas, lentils, cooked down veg and those things were like, it was still giving me like that yardy sort of Jamaican vibe and it was like so nice. Um, but my personal self, I, I love I love ackee but it's really expensive. It's like you're talking mm. like two tins for 10 quid and that's expensive really it's probably even more now I haven't been to the shop for a while with uh, the cost of it's probably uh, triple now yeah yeah inflation but uh, yeah. it's really nice so we'd have it sometimes on like a Sunday brunch so like I used to like oven roast the ackee because it makes it more firm because it's soaked in water it can be a bit sloppy but oven roast the ackee then you fry that down with like onions peppers get your sea salt and that in because one big dish in the Caribbean was like ackee and saltfish mm. uh, so obviously you've got to get rid of the saltfish yeah. but you can use things like nori seaweed sheets stuff like that to give it that like sea sort of fishy that, that taste. Fishy taste, yeah. So it gives you the same vibe, and then um, festivals as well, which are like the fried sweet dumplings, like dipping that and stuff in there. Like, oh, I could eat about ten of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely. But even with that, they're not great for you because it's fried flour. But I try and use healthier flours, like spelt and rye, for example, rather than standard wheat flour. So there's little things you can tweak to still make your meals healthier. Yeah. So I'd probably say something like that, like say, uh, like an ackee sort of rundown with like that sort of seasoning, the peppers and that, dumplings and um, and yeah, probably that sort of vibe and just like the fresh hard vegetables, like whether it's like yam, cocoa, like all them sort of things. Yeah. Uh, they're just really good, like wholesome, rich food. So yeah, man. They're nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've done a bit of 
lentil cooking with jerk and that. And mm. um, I've done a bit of jackfruit and whatever. Yeah. Um, I've had hataki. Yeah. Um, but your food looks unreal, man. I need to start delving into it, man. That actually is. Again, honestly, man, it looks... <laughs> It's just the colours in it, man. The Jamaican yeah. food, there's just colours everywhere, man. Well, it's, it's bright in it. Well, and Aki's technically a fruit as well. And to, to be honest, most of the things are cooked with a fruit because even when you think of things like peppers, cucumbers, aubergines, all them things, they're bright in colours, but they're still fruits. And naturally, as humans, we're attracted to fruits because they're bright and we can see in colour. So that's why those dishes look so grabbing because you're seeing the red peppers, the purple aubergine, yeah. the yellow Aki, whatever else there is all mixed in and it's just grabbing you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really... That's why I like I enjoy making that food because as much as I enjoy eating it, I like presenting it because like my wife, for example, I'll be in the kitchen doing this, sprinkling that little bit of pepper on doing this, making it all look good and it looks sick on a picture. But then she's already like five minutes into a food and I'll come in and she's like, oh, I've nearly finished now. <laughs> she can't be bothered to wait. <laughs> You're and trying to get like, some colour contrast going on. Yeah, need exactly. A, need a few seeds on there. Yeah. But I always say feed the eyes first and then feed your belly. Like, you know what I mean? If something yeah. looks good, you'll... I don't know. I'm big on energy, so if you're eating your food in love, it's going to bless you more, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Same well, as cooking, man. I've cooked things yeah. when I'm pissed off and it don't taste good. Exactly. Because <laughs> you put your energy into your food, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So if you're doing it in a rush, it's the same with eating. If you're eating and you're in a rush or you're watching TV or you're stressed, you're on the phone, scrolling Instagram, you're not going to digest it properly. It's not going to do the best it can. Like, yeah, the macros are the same, but it's not going to do the best it can for you because your body's disrupted while you're eating it. Mm. So really with food, you should have that connection. Like it's feeding your body. It's almost like medicine. So you just got to really be down, focus, eat, chew, enjoy. And and obviously, like you say, make it look good so you feel good when you eat it. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, mate. It's, it's the bank holiday weekend, isn't it, now? And I'm, yeah. I've, had a, I've had a lot of uh, frozen rubbish, man. And I can, I can feel it. You know yeah. what I mean? I can feel, I don't feel as energetic as I usually am. Yeah. But now, we, with you and your missus, it's just good how you've both done it at the same time and yeah. you can both kind of experiment at the same time. With me and mine, it was like, we ended up having little little debates over it and stuff until she finally saw the light. And, like, and yeah. not, not that I tried yeah. to push it on her, but um, <laughs> there was, she was eating you know, chicken and, and whatever yeah, else at yeah. the, the time I was changing and that, but she, luckily she came over, so now we can go off and find different vegan spots yeah. and that. Um, yeah. what, what was it that actually made you switch? So, because you said that you watched... Not Earthlings. Um, no, nah, What the Health. What the Health. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've watched it. Uh, what it, was it specifically that made you... These little things that you said entered your head, what what was it specifically? Was it the ethics of it or was it just... It, it, what, to be fair, the ethics did have a big part. As uh, Even though, like I said, I'm not technically full vegan because, you know, I've still got things that contain animal products in, like I said, leather or whatever, for example. Mm. Not that I actively try and buy it, but... Yeah, it was that. It was just seeing like the mass production and just like because what the because I think Cowspiracy was very earth focused and about the environment, which I watched a few years after. But what the health was that middle ground? It was like the environment, the animal welfare, but also the health. And I think obviously the mix of the two. Because if it was just all about the planet, obviously I would have took into consideration, but I probably wouldn't have. I might have changed, but maybe not had as much of a drive. Mm. But what the health was talking about, your increased risk of cardiovascular disease, increased risk of diabetes, uh, reduced lifespan, saturated fat, increased risk of cancer from processed meats. And I'm listening to all this. I'm like, I'm eating this every single day, three, four times a day, because it's protein, protein, protein. And I'm having whey protein shakes. They're linked, they're like carcinogenic if you have too many of them. And I was just like, wow, this is quite a lot of information, but it just all made sense. And then obviously the animal welfare thing on top, where I'm seeing thousands of pigs and chickens and cows all in these cages shipped around the country. You know, they're literally like pooing and weeing on each other, pumped with antibiotics because 
it's like we're in your shop now if you put 100 people in here for a week and there's no toilet someone's going to get ill like you're going to have all sorts of diseases oh, so yeah. imagine the amount of vaccines they're going to have to give you and antibiotics and all this stuff and that's going to be in the food you're eating and I was just like this is quite disgusting yeah. so I think obviously you know if you've raised your own animals you knew 100% your meat was grass fed it was free roaming I can see that a bit I'm not saying I agree to it like because mm. I think you can live without it but that yeah. makes more sense. It's more natural. Same with the tribes who hunt and they have their cattle and they're out in the wild. But this mass farming of the meat industry and the dairy industry, it's just... It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's, it's so bad. And it's its obviously hidden because it's so profitable the same way most things are hidden in the world. Mm. Like I could talk about loads of things like Big Pharma, for example, all of that stuff. Mm. It's so, so hidden because if the consumer, us, saw that... People will be repulsed. If you show most people a video of an animal getting slaughtered or the conditions live here, oh, no, I don't want to see that. Don't show me that. Put me off my food. And I'm like, well, mm. you don't want to see it because you'll be put off your food. So why would you not want to see it? Why would you pretend that it's okay and still eat it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that always confuses me because yeah. people don't want to see the truth. They kind of want to be like, oh, yeah, I know it happens, but, you know, I'll keep that behind me sort of thing. Yeah. So, so they yeah. They reckon 20 million animals die on the way to slaughter from heat exhaustion yeah. or um just just crashes or just just being so yeah used and abused yeah. that they're just that fatigued they just drop Done. dead and yeah um somebody i read something not long back about the pig's skin and he doesn't let them sweat so when they're crammed uh, onto these yeah. lorries and they're being shipped abroad in yeah. like 40 degree heat and um I mean, I've worked in shipping containers, man, when, mm. in the north of Australia. Yeah. Um, when it says that, that he's 38, but he's more like 56, like yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And you can only imagine yeah. the, the, like you said, like the disease that gets spread and the, 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 yeah. the, the germs and whatnot. Um, I showed, I showed a, a lad come on the other day, Jeff, one of my mates, he came on and we've talked about cheese a lot. Yeah. And I sent him, um, he said, I, I, I can't watch it. I can't watch these things. And yeah, like, yeah. like you've just said, I was like, well, Surely you you need to like you you need to watch these things yeah. like I can't and in, in the meantime in the last week I've sent him a video yeah. of um, these cows getting chucked onto the back of this lorry and mm. they're just tying them up and yeah. cramming them in and he's like I won't watch it nah he just won't watch it and I yeah it's because they it's because they know isn't it like he, yeah. he'll openly admit you know he he, he just doesn't want to see it because he knows that it, it might be the, the the turning point yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. it's not like it's not like he disagrees or, or you know a lot of people agree with the Mm-hmm. The old the old viewpoint of it, but they just won't yeah. submit to it. Um, yeah, just kind of won't have that open mind. Why do you think that is? What? I I think um, I, I don't know if co- is cognitive dissonance the right word. Cause I read about this before, but naturally, when when you're it's, it's a stress factor, isn't it? So if you're given something, your brain if if it's out of the norm or it's going to be stressful, it's going to be hard. Your brain automatically tries to shut down and be like, no, cut it out because it's stress. And the most resilient people in life can handle stress well they're in stressful situations they're not stressed all the time they go in and do those things and learn but it's way easier like to say ignorance is a bliss because if you're ignorant to everything you can live your life every day wake up work eight to five go to the pub read the newspaper watch the news and think that's all life is and in that bubble you you i suppose you could say you're happy because you don't know anything different but then someone outside the bubble like me or you for example who knows a bit more you're like how are you living like that and it's not from a judgmental perspective it's just like how do you not want to know more like you know what i mean and some people just don't want to don't want to know more because they're just content with just knowing the simple amount of stuff to get by i think that's life and unfortunately the way the world's set up with the government and how the people run the world is they want you to be so busy and distracted with what they want you to do, i.e. work, education, making them money, pay your taxes, 
They don't want you to think outside the box and be like, oh, actually, this is a right, this is a right, let me do this, because that changes the narrative of the world and affects what they're trying to put into play. So Definitely. It's kind of like a bit of both. It's like people don't want to know, but they're also conditioned to not want to know. And then yeah. when you come out of that box, you're like, okay, I'm sort of awake now. It's like you've seen this light that you've never seen before. And that's mm. what I loved about the veganism thing for me was it kind of opened my mind up to a different perspective. I was like, wow, there's actually more to know than what you're taught, like just by the the laws of the land that you live on, basically. And then mm. it kind of led me on to other things. So I've, I think it's basically that, really. It's more probably a bit more of a fear thing, which I totally understand because, you know, we're all fearful of learning new things because it means normally change. change exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit like the conspiracy thing, isn't it? When you show somebody some pretty much solid evidence of something yeah. and they... They don't want to know. Mm-hmm. They think it's rubbish. Mm. It's like, no, I, I can show you. I can show you. I can show you something from another point of view. Yeah, um, a different piece of information, and they just won't have none of it. No, they won't. And that conspiracy as well. Like I read, that was another word pretty much created by the elite because anything now that's not the narrative. You know, you would. We had the pandemic. If you said, oh, "I'm not having the vaccine," you're automatically a conspiracy theorist. You don't wear a mask. You're a conspiracy theorist you're vegan, you're a conspiracy theorist, saying global warming's a thing. and Or it's like everything's labelled a conspiracy now until it actually becomes factual. And then those same people who are calling you conspiracy theorists then don't want to say anything because they'd just rather bury the head and be like, oh, yeah, that did happen. What they said was going to happen, but I'm not going to say anything now because I don't look like an idiot. And it's just... Basically, free will of thinking is basically classed as conspiracy theory. Yeah, essentially, it's, nuts, isn't it? it's, 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 it's bonkers when it's you think mental. about it. And it's like the vaccine thing, what you just mentioned, and you could tell. You could show someone something about the vaccine mm. twelve to eighteen months ago, yeah, and they go, "Oh, something stupid." Yeah, like you said, now it's the truth. You mm-hmm. can, you can, you can. All you've got to do now is type Pfizer into Twitter yeah. or AstraZeneca. You don't even have to type anything else, mm-hmm. and you can read about the corruption yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the lies that, that surrounds it. Mm-hmm. But but still, people are just like, oh, no, no, it's, it's a load of rubbish. Yeah. Just because they don't want to believe it. And it, it's yeah. the same with all these videos. And like you said, with the footage where they just won't see it and they won't read it or look into it. It's because they don't want to change their mind. Yeah. And it's just mad how culturally conditioned people are to, mm-hmm. to, to turn a blind eye to stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite frightening, really. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, no, it's, it's easier, isn't it? That's, that's Again, it's just because it's easier not to know and that whole ignorance is a bliss thing. And it's like you said with the vaccine and stuff, like... I was always fishy, don't get me wrong, COVID first come out. I was in the Philippines at the end of 2019, so we just started. And we were near China, so we were hearing a lot of stuff over there. Come over, kind of started kicking off full lockdown March 2020. First, you know, month, I was like, flip me, this is mad. You're seeing people dying on the Chinese news. I've read a lot about that being absolutely false and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, you go around your shop wearing your mask and you're like, I'm doing the right thing. And then after a bit, I think it was one of the times we went to see my niece at the time. And I went to the park and, you know, we're all abided by the rules. It was when they said, yeah, you're allowed to mix in groups of six outside your house and blah, blah, blah. And we're like at the park. I just mad at the park and like, you know, your niece wants to play with her, she wants to touch her. And we like kind of having to explain to her in a way like, oh, no, we can't touch her yet because it's not safe and stuff. And, and like we look back now, even as a family, we're like, I can't believe we've done that. Like that was so stupid. But obviously at the time we were adamant. It was like, you know, deadly virus. You, you're basically going to die pretty much. And, um, you know, we were even in that, like, uh, entrapment for, like, a month or so. But there's people now who are still in it. Like, I still see people wearing masks. And, like, don't get me wrong, you do what you want to make you feel safe. If that makes you feel safe, cool. But if pre-pandemic you wasn't wearing a mask and now you feel conditioned to wear one because you don't feel safe, 
it's quite sad really because it's affected a lot of people's mental health and even all the stuff with the vaccines now like all the heart conditions you've seen how many footballers have been dropping down Ericsson was a prime example in the Euros I think it was mm. drop down heart attack I think Aguero had to retire because of heart problems there's been few other like lower level footballers and you think these are elite athletes they're meant to be top of the game like they, mm. they should have the best cardiovascular system like in the world out of most of the athletes yeah. so why is this happening for no one's questioning it and then like I know people who have had things like nerve damage problems and like, you know, the shaking. I've seen things on Instagram and I'm like, I'm just so glad I never, I don't think I ever would took it. I, I, I say I would have took something crazy, but I just still don't think I would have. Even if I'd have lost my job, I don't think I would have done it because mm. I'm just that, I'd, for me, if I'd have took that, I'd have been sat there and I'd have been like, okay, I've, if I wanted it, fair enough. And then something happened to me, I'd have felt like, oh, I've trusted the, the government, big pharma, they've let me down. But if I don't want it and you're forcing me and I take it and then all of a sudden I wake up and I can't walk, I'm not going to be able to live content the rest of my life because I've made a decision based on peer pressure and now I've got to live with the consequence while you're sitting there with your millions and millions of pounds. Mm. Like, what are you doing for me? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, And I always think with the narrative of the world, if they're pushing something, always look the other way because they never... In the whole pandemic, did you ever hear the government say, you need to go out, you need to... Like, they never said, come out, you need to exercise, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like... We had that eat out, uh, what was it? Eat. eat out to help out. Eat out to help out. Perfect for small businesses like yourself and that. Why are McDonald's on there? You, yeah. You're in the pandemic where you're meant to be prime health, top immune system. You can go to Mackey's. People are posting up, ah, oh, cheeseburger instead oh, of promise. 99p, 50p. I'm like, <laughs> so people are buying bags of McDonald's for like a five hour where you're meant to be supporting small businesses. The government are subsidising the money, yeah. the other half to McDonald's from our taxpayers' money. And I'm thinking, what's yeah. going on? Like, Knowing that all the mainly unhealthy people yeah. will probably flock to McDonald's and spread the germs. Of course, because it's cheap, like, you know what I mean? And then after that, the rates went through the roof, which was obvious. But in that time when you let everyone mingle, you did nothing positive. Like, why not half gym memberships or, like, why is not all the fruit and veg at Tesco and Aldi and everything half-priced? Like, that's the stuff that should be half-priced. Yeah, yeah. When you start clocking onto these little things, you start thinking... They're not really in it for us. They're just in it for themselves. But most people would be like, oh, flip me. I can get Mackey's for half price. Oh, the government are wonderful. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But it's bonkers, isn't it's it? It's the complete opposite. Like, so, but yeah, that whole, like the COVID thing is just. And, and then, then they, they soon brought in that rule on it where you could, if you sat down, you could take it off. While, so while, while, oh, while we're in the middle of this yeah. this uh, pandemic, yeah. we're going to pay for half your meal, yeah. go out, go yeah. and spread your germs, yeah. wear your mask, but not if you sit down. Sit down, yeah. I know. It and, was and this, this, is, this is where it started to get... Well, it was already silly, but yeah, it started yeah. to get to the point where people... Even like people you wouldn't expect was like, hang on yeah. a bit, what, what's these rules all about, man? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. That don't make sense. Nah. What, that does not make sense. We've yeah. got like a million scientists over here saying mm -hmm. that does not make sense. Yeah, Why yeah. are we listening to it? Like... Um, but obviously we can go down that path. Um, we need like a, a conspiracy podcast as well, I think. Oh, did you? No, I, I oh, well, we, you we say could, we did. We could yeah, do yeah. one. We yeah, could yeah, do yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, that'd go for, that'd go for we'd hours. We'd never, we'd never stop, would we? <laughs> nice, mad. Um, but yeah, with with yeah, with with people changing their mind and just being yeah. stuck in the ways and it's oh, it's mad. There's, mm. I've read a book on, um, I mean, I've read a book on, um, it touches on like brainwashing and stuff and, yeah. and how, like 80% of the population won't change their mind. They need to be told what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's frightening, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it, it, it opens your eyes and you yeah. think, bloody hell, okay, I'm definitely in the 20% like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a mad world. Comes down to that conditioning though, like you said. And you got to think, there's that many, um, like, 
there's that many crazy psychologists out there and stuff. Like you can go to a psychologist and get your brain checked, your mental health, and they'll tell you this about you and traumas and stuff. Like, do you think the people who run the world haven't got access to this same information? Like they know how to manipulate the population and keep you in a certain system to make you do this and be in the rat race. As I said, wake up, go to work, come back, maybe go to the gym if you feel like it, sit down, probably not even talk to your missus and kids because you're engrossed in the TV, you're engrossed in your phone. Same again, same again. Friday night comes, oh, I'm down the pub, blah, 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 blah. drink, 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 hungover Saturday. And it's just a cycle and people are chasing it, chasing it, chasing mm. it. And unfortunately, until you kind of come out of that, don't get me wrong, you can be in the system but be out of the system because... Mm. We're all in it in some way. We're never going to be able to avoid it unless you become some multi-billionaire and you don't have to you know, pay your taxes or whatever and you've got power, fair enough. But most of us are going to be working a normal job. That's fine. Like You can be in a job and work, but it's having that open-mindedness to take a step back and look from above and be like, okay, I'm in this, but how can I use it to my advantage and not fully get caught up and you know, swayed and controlled like, so you've still got your freedom. Mm. Or at least choose what to put in your body, innit? Exactly. At least choose what to eat, you know what I mean? And yeah. sort out your diet and whatnot. 100%. Mate, going back onto the vegan thing, mm-hmm. when you said you eat vegan, but you wouldn't class yourself as vegan, mm-hmm. what 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 aspects do you not follow the vegan yeah, viewpoint? Think... So, so what um, do you, when you mentioned clothes, obviously mm-hmm. I, I haven't brought clothes in a long time. I've been kind of reusing the same yeah. clothes. I just I don't I don't go spending money on clothes really. Yeah, um, yeah. If someone was to say to me, oh, you know, you got these Adidas flip flops. Mm-hmm. Adidas kill kangaroos or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, they're just second. Well, they're not second hand. They're still yeah. still mine. But obviously, I'm not replacing them. I'm not going yeah. to buy them. So, where do you stand on like the clothes and stuff like that? And obviously, because cause to, to a certain degree, obviously, everyone causes some kind of harm. Yeah, driving down the road. Yeah, um, I killed a slug the other day accidentally. Yeah. I put some salt down. I didn't realise that it would um, <laughs> rot the slug to death. I, I just thought it would keep it away. Well, we've all done that. Uh, I'm sorry to the slugs, <laughs> man. Do you know what I mean? But. Um, you know, I wouldn't intentionally yeah. do something to any living creature. Yeah, so yeah. Where, where where does the line stop for you? Yeah, so I'd say I'm the same in terms of that. I wouldn't go out my way to harm. Don't, don't get me wrong, if there's the odd fly that's annoying me, I'd probably whack it or something. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? That's just, it's just common. And, well, when we were, like, travelling and stuff as well, the amount of bugs around you, like, mosquitoes. I've got no time for mosquitoes. Yeah, they've got to go, haven't they? So. Yeah, like, you know, and, you know, if you went deep, deep, you could be like, oh, I shouldn't do that because it's technically affecting the ecosystem and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, them sort of things happen and, you know, it could be walking on the street, tread on something. Like, I can never go that deep. I know there's probably some vegans out there who are, like, proper. And if you can enjoy your life and do that, cool. But I couldn't. Um, when I'm in a shop, like, I'm not, you know, obviously I do buy some designer stuff. Nothing mad. Like, the most things I buy is generally sports stuff like Nike, Adidas. I never go into a shop and look for mad designers and all that stuff. I've got things like a North Face jacket and stuff. I've had it for like about four years. It's like, you know, but I know it's got feathers in of, um, I don't know if it's like goose or duck or mm. something. Yeah. Again, technically being a vegan, you wouldn't buy that. But at the same time, to me, that didn't bother me that much. And also it was like an investment. It's a warm jacket. I've had it for like four winters now. It's still perfectly fine. It's not something I'm, for example, food. I'm eating three, three, four, five meat deals. Um, meals a day with dairy or whatever consuming 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 that's like vast like waste continuously pumping into that industry whereas like a piece of clothing for example 
if you're going to get some good wear out of it, I don't think it's as bad. I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's absolutely fine and it's absolutely terrible because as I said, I do do it, but not with intention. I don't think, oh yeah, that's leather, I really want to buy it. And I also don't think that's leather, I don't really want to buy it. If I see something and I like it, I'm like, cool. It's like I bought some Birkenstocks for holiday like uh, two years ago. And I, wa- I was going to get the vegan ones, um, but they didn't have my size at the time. And I was like, oh, that's a shame, but I needed them. So I bought the normal ones, which have obviously got like the leather straps. And I was like, mm. if I was being strict, I'd have said, nah, I'm not having them. And I would have bought something else. So mm. it's just that really. But um, again, long lasting. I've had them for three, four holidays now. So I'm kind of making use of them. You know what I mean? It's not as mm. much of a waste. But again, I'm not saying that to like condone. Yeah, that's fine. Mm. But I am aware of it. But yeah, I just try and do my best. And even with things like... Um, like products like creams whatever mm. try and be natural with them anyway like generally use like coconut oil shea butter all them sort of things like my skin and stuff and teach oil to washing and that but a lot of those products I buy are animal cruelty free and they haven't been tested on animals so I do keep an eye out for that stuff and if we're in the shop we'll pick it up and have a look but you know there's always going to be the odd thing that you know ends mm. up in your basket that you're not fully aware of so, yeah, so that's yeah, sort yeah. of my stance um yeah yeah i just wouldn't like I'm, a 99 percent basically and you know you yeah but like food. you say you, you're doing you're doing a lot man you know what i mean Pick, yeah. food is the biggest the biggest it's, it's the biggest industry in it and, yeah. and like you said if you're eating five six times a day yeah i don't know what the the stats are on saving animals but you yeah. save a lot of animals per year don't you if you yeah. um maybe not in the in the singular mm-hmm. uh, but you know over the over over the Time. course of years with thousands and hundreds of thousands of people doing it yeah, yeah. obviously you're going to save a, a, a certain amount of suffering so yeah yeah definitely um, but it's like if someone said to me I've mentioned it before if they said uh, someone said to that the other day about fairy liquid mm. they said yeah but you're vegan but obviously you've got um, fairy liquid mm. I haven't looked into fairy liquid I, no, neither I can right. only I can only learn and, and, and change from there you know what I mean so yeah. I, I'm not going to say you know, I'm perfect or whatever, but mm. all right, I'll have a look into fairy liquid and if there's something better, I'll, I'll buy you it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't be, like you said, 100% perfect. Nah. Um, but this is where their argument would step in, uh, for instance, with the crop deaths in it, where they'll mm-hmm. say, yeah, but what about this? What about that? It's like, well, look, I'm, I'm willing to, to to change for the good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. if you can point something out, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm happy to do it yeah. and I'll cut you a deal. Yeah. You know I mean, you stop gassing pigs and I'll stop yeah, yeah. buying leather straps on my trainers yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, or whatever. So Exactly. Uh, mate, talking about your travels, uh, I think we went off the topic, didn't we? And I really wanted to know where yeah, you've yeah. been and what you kind of um, ate, basically. Yeah. What, what, talk to me about the food, man, because this, this is what scares me about going away. Going again. away, yeah. Because I did a lot of travelling and I ate a lot of chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now that I can't eat that or won't eat that, yeah. what, what do you eat, man? What, what was it like and where was the, where was the best food? Um, the best food was definitely Indonesia uh, when we were in Bali but this is the thing it's like if you go if you go to really rural places most of the places we had they've seen some level of tourism so you nine times out of ten there will be at least one vegan place or vegetarian and you can kind of you know mix the menu up to say okay I don't want cheese in or dairy or whatever so it's quite sound and to be fair if you eat quite whole food plant-based anyway like you say your beans your legumes like wholesome and you're not after the mock meats and the fake cheese and your processed foods like biscuits crisps all that you'll be fine because a lot of cultures as well because they haven't got the money to have like we've got so much choice in the western world like you can go into tesco flipping so many different ice creams chocolates crisps this that you just got that much choice 
Whereas they live off the land a lot more. So even though they are quite heavy meat based, they obviously still eat veg. So a lot of the stuff's home, fresh grown. So if you wanted to be really basic, you could say, oh, can you do me a veggie curry? They'll do it in coconut milk. A lot of the time, the coconut milk's there. It's fresh from the tree. They're growing in abundance. It's not like mm-hmm. out of a tin how we get it. So it's just, it's kind of proper good wholesome food. And it also grounds you a bit as well because it brings you back to simplicity a little bit. Because when you're here, you kind of take it for granted a bit and also you get a bit, too over consumed in what you can have you're like oh i can have this it's, i feel like vegans become a bit of a market employee now because you walk in the <laughs> shop and you see oh yeah that's vegan that is and it's new and you're like oh let's try that and i'm like yeah. i never used to do this before when i ate meat because they're always on offer as well it's always like yeah two for four quid so you whack another one in <laughs> exactly so like if we see ben and jerry's and it's down to three quid, normally it's like five six quid you're like yeah get two tubs sound and you that's didn't it. even need them but you can yeah and obviously being there we didn't have that choice for a lot of stuff so um in because when we did Africa, it was on the safari, all the food was included. So when we stayed at a lodge um, on the first night and the fourth night, the food there was actually really good because it was like proper sit-down buffet-style meal. Um, it was like a proper like big complex. So that was really nice. Uh, the two nights when we stayed in the actual Serengeti in like a tent, that was a bit more... The food there was still unbelievable, but that's when it became more fresh. It's like they hadn't had vegans before so we're saying oh we don't eat this we don't eat that our drivers were obviously telling them in uh, Swahili because that's the language they speak mm-hmm. and um, they, they understood it and it was fine and everything was fresh I was having like cooked down bean stews like boiled uh, bananas and all this like fresh fresh wholesome food and like I was eating to my belly was full and I was just like that is so good and it was like such a personal experience mm-hmm. um, so Africa as a whole was decent went to Zanzibar because that's a bit more of a tourist destination um, they had a few vegan places obviously westerners and europeans who have come in and opened up their place i think it was a place we at three times called passion and time they had to build your own salad you pick the base it was like either pasta baby potatoes or leaves you pick all your toppings it was like so so good and when you're in that heat you want fresh food you know what i mean yeah so i think we had there three times we had we had another place called heart and soul calf that was decent i had a buddha bowl from there twice big buddha bowl with like falafel i've seen that one mate yeah yeah I've seen it, it looked uh it, it was the part yeah it was nice and i had all fresh like rice and bulgur wheat and salad and tahini and hummus and again sound nice nourishing food um and then i think we had from a few other places we got a curry changed at one place uh, which had paneer and we had that taken out funnily enough it still came with the paneer in and uh, my missus had a bite and she said that's that's not um that's paneer and i said oh it looks like tofu and i was like playing with it and I said nah that yeah. doesn't look right we asked them to change it like and they brought a new one so that was the only mishap we had a bit too rubbery yeah yeah exactly and um so the food overall was decent there and then we did the yeah. one night in Dubai but that was just a quick in Dubai mall they had loads of stuff but we had fast food there because we mm. hadn't seen anything like that for like two weeks yeah. so we had a vegan burger vegan chips vegan shake and everything just proper treated ourselves. and then uh, over in Bali um, Bali was absolutely sound to be fair when we went to some of the southern islands off mainland Bali which are a bit more rural um they were they were decent um it wasn't the best food we had while we were there but it was the restaurants are more run by local people rather than like you say European or a westerner coming in and having their place and obviously I think with that you do lose that element of option and service and stuff because that's how they culture culturally are mm. <laughs> talking to stuff yeah. but um, obviously westerners coming in they like okay I know vegan we'll get oat milk we'll get almond milk we'll do this service needs to be like this food needs to be out this quick yeah. whereas in the other places it's a bit more slow they you know make a few mistakes and you just kind of accept it but Smoothie bowls, like for breakfast, I predominantly eat fruit anyway, and so does my wife. And, you know, we are sometimes having two smoothie bowls a day, sometimes three, just because they're that cheap. Two, three quid, mm. belly's full. 
fresh mango, fresh coconut, fresh papaya, fresh granola, like everything was just good. And um, that was like the gist of our sort of food. And then on the evenings, we had more choice, obviously, in Bali. Mm. And then we ended in Changu, uh, where we met my friend. And that was literally like vegan heaven. It was like, there was literally a place around the corner from our place called I Am Vegan Babe. And, uh, I Am Vegan Babe. I Am Vegan Babe. And uh, I read the name and I was like, that's hilarious. And he said, oh, we'll go there for lunch, had lunch. And yeah. we ate there three nights in a row. Like, because the, yeah. the menu was that vast. It was like, in your head, you're like, oh, let's try somewhere different. But I'm like, okay, there's like so many options. Let's just eat here. Yeah. And we, we tried some different places in the day and stuff, but we literally went there most nights. And, but Changu, because it's so touristy and everyone who works from a laptop's there, it's like the infrastructure's there. So it almost feels like you're in a Western mm. sort of country, mm. but like on the other side of the world. Got ya. So it depends where you are. If you're in the sticks and you want to pick your little quiet places where you're not going to see many tourists, you got your like your little local stores, which are called like Warungs. So it's where they do like, um, their big dish in Asia was Nasi Goreng which is basically fried rice, a fried egg, and um, you can have it with either vegetables, tofu, tempeh, or chicken and stuff like that. So if you wanted to have it vegan, you'd have to ask for the egg off because that comes as a standard. And then you just have the fried rice with the tempeh, for example. Mm. Um, and then they've got, it's nasi goreng and there's nasi, there's another one as well. Mm. Same thing, but with noodles. Yeah. And that food would cost you about a pound a plate. So if you wanted to eat like that and be a proper backpacker and live by budget, you could eat like that every day. Yeah, uh, yeah. But obviously we was on holiday, so you know we went to more nicer places. And I was also a bit scared of getting a barley belly, they call it, out there. Apparently. I've had it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had it. I was in, uh, where did we go? That little island, what's it called? Gilly. Yeah, Gilly Island. I had it on Gilly, yeah. yeah it was yeah, horrible, man. Yeah. But you know, a lot of these Asian countries you go to in it and you, you end up, bad in some way yeah um it's the water and stuff because it's not even necessarily yeah. the food because obviously a lot of people to be fair a lot of people who ate meat who we met said we've been veggie since we've been here because they're, they weren't fe- um, keen on the meat hygiene and that because it's and obviously it's hot you just see it about there's flies on it it's, it's not nice man and um yeah. obviously that can make you sick but then also it's like if you go into the local places they're just going to wash their stuff in tap water and obviously you can't drink their tap water mm-hmm. so that if they've got a bit of that bacteria on that gets in yeah you're ruined and same in like restaurants or certain places if you have the ice cubes that can affect you so you just got to be careful but thank god we didn't actually get anything uh, yeah. serious while we were there and you know we was able to enjoy it yeah because yeah, so, it, it can ruin a trip sometimes can't yeah. it if you're ill for five six days or whatever well it ruins your plans on it when you're yeah. honest if you've got months fair enough but mm. five weeks is still a long time but you're still very like to a script in a way and so mm. that would have ruined a lot of stuff for us so and the last thing I would have wanted to do is be on a IV dripping my bed uh, <laughs> trying to get all my <laughs> fluids up so yeah, it's yeah. not uh, I, I already done that in Costa Rica when I went there last year um, drank some of the tap water I was told it was fine over in Costa Rica I literally downed like two flasks full like that five hour drive got to my destination I was like oh I feel starving went for a curry and then my belly was like bubbling. I was like, oh, it must be the oil and the spices. And then I was up like two hours after, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, toilet, toilet, toilet. And I was like, nah, next day my temperature was 41 degrees. I was lying in the shower, freezing cold. And my wife come in and said, nah, need to get you to the hospital. And uh, I was the driver and I was insured. She couldn't even drive it. So she got in the car, drove me to this private hospital, <laughs> having no clue, driving on the opposite side of the road and everything. It was mad. And I'm trying to direct her, like, <laughs> hanging out the window. And she's got Trying not there. to throw up out the window. Oh, man, it was bad. And she got me there. And then they literally did a few things, put me on the drip. And within an hour, I felt 
very much back to normal because I just wasn't holding anything in, like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's no fun being like that abroad. Nah, not not a, luckily in Costa Rica, it's quite well built. But if you was in the sticks, like in a random remote island, you would literally be bricking it, like because yeah, you'd be yeah. like, "What's gonna happen to me?" Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, so it's not not a nice experience. I've been nah. a bad belly like that. Yeah, I was in I was in hospital in Laos for six days. Wow, horrible. Yeah, yeah, horrible dengue fever. Yeah, 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 and um. Yeah, it's all right being ill here because you've got the comforts of, yeah. of the, of the, the yeah. Western world, man, haven't you? But obviously the out there, yeah. you start to, start to miss home, man. And language barriers as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the language barriers, man, I know, I know. So it's, it's hard. Like, you could be telling them one thing and they're misinterpreting it as another. Then they're going off speaking in their language and then you're like, okay, what's going on here? Like, you know what I mean? So you don't know what's going on. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it is quite, it's something I never really think of when I travel about getting ill because I suppose I don't want to manifest it, but... It's always something that is in the back of your mind and you think, yeah, I'm glad I've come back sound, like, because anything could happen. Even yeah, a mishap, yeah. like, I was riding scooters around in Bali and stuff, the flipping traffic and the cars, it's, like, it's mental, like, you've got to be confident over there to do it. If you, the amount of yeah. people have bike accidents, like, a few weeks in, you could come off and break your leg, your trip's done. You, you're then out in Bali with a broken leg getting operations or whatever, or you've got to get shipped back 18 hours to England, you know what I mean? It, yeah. I couldn't even think. I got knocked off in Thailand, man. Fra- yeah. Fractured my wrist. And- no, did you? I just wrapped it up and just yeah. wrapped it up for I think a couple of weeks. I was fine, man. But yeah, yeah. it happens, man. People break their legs and they end up with big fat bills as well, and, and yeah, um, yeah. Whatever. I, I never, I never driven Bali, but uh, mm. I did Philippines as well in the car. I love Philippines. Just, yeah. It was horrific, man. It oh, was, uh, never again, man. Nah, if you're <laughs> it's frightening. In the car, and like, yeah. By the, at that point, I've been driving for like ten years ten as well. Ten years, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's still frightening. Um, yeah. What was like the standout, standout dish? Was it the one you just mentioned with, in Bali? Um, the standard well for their local food it would have, it would be the nasi goreng I had a few I didn't have loads again because we was treating it like a holiday and not budgeting backpacking I would have probably ate a lot more of it but um, in terms of like the best place for vegan food was definitely um, Changu just because it had so many options like and you know you was able to get vegan cheese and like vegan mock meats and all that stuff and it, it's not stuff I delve into too much and I don't eat it every day but when you've been eating like so like raw almost not that I didn't appreciate I didn't like it it was nice to have that option nice to have a bit of bit of um, not bad. food in it yeah, yeah definitely yeah. yeah and you know I could have a vegan ice cream or a vegan shake or a vegan cake and not be like oh has that got this in has that got that mm. in like you could kind of enjoy yourself and we was yeah, only yeah. there for two nights so it was a nice little send off before we come back basically I see not a nice bit of junk food yeah I've always um, wondered how I'd get on kind of thing but like I've not, one thing I've noticed is if when I have gone on holiday or yeah. I'd, I'd like a trip somewhere yeah. um, when I ate meat I'd come back mm. I'd, I'd lose my abs you know what I mean I'd come back yeah, with a bit yeah, of the yeah. belly whereas now you kind of because everything will be lower cal won't it yeah, you yeah. Know, I know you can have a lot of oils and, yeah. and whatever that will bump your calories up but, yeah. but on the whole you're eating lower cal aren't you? so yeah. have you noticed that as well like you managed to keep your shape a lot better yeah since, I did um, I did to be fair I'm, I think I'm quite blessed in the sense I've got quite a good metabolism like I've never really I mean, when I was about 18, 19, I think I got up to like 15 stone and that's when I was like eating heavy. Like I'm talking, I was working at Muriel, I was in the food court eating like doner kebab and chips from the fish place upstairs. And your cows in. Yeah, monster energy. Oh man, I used to eat dread, man. But um, that's probably the biggest. I think now I weigh about between 12 and a half, 13. So, you know, two stone lighter. But um, I'd I'd say with my weight really pretty much stays the same I think I did I I don't weigh myself that I'm bothered like sometimes I do out of curiosity because I look in the mirror I don't look any different but I'm like oh says I'm three pounds down or four pounds up and you know sometimes it can be internal depending on what you've ate the night before Mm. and stuff but for me I found that I was pretty much the same I noticed um, I think 
you kind of notice you lose a bit of size a bit more like muscle definition because obviously when you're training at the gym three four five times a week you've always got a bit of a pump and when you stop doing that I think I took my resistance bands and I did two workouts in Zanzibar because it was very like there wasn't loads to do it was very go to the beach chill have food relax yeah sit in like a beach bar whereas once I got to Bali it was like two nights here cram this in three nights here cram this in on the scooter on the bike on the boat on the plane you know what I mean so I just didn't have time for that so I just thought you know I'm not going to beat myself up I'm going to come back to it anyway so I'll have a rest so for me, I did I, I did a few things like you know a few press ups in the morning, a few squats here and there. So they probably helped a bit. So for mm. me, I felt like I kind of maintained, but probably just lost my shape a little bit. Mm. But nothing that like you know you get back in the gym for a month or something, you feel yeah. you know back to normal. So yeah, yeah nothing detrimental really. Um, yeah. I think at this age as well, you you don't mind doing it. Do you? Like when I was younger and I was travelling, yeah, I'd wake up and I just want to go straight to the pub or yeah, yeah drink yeah. a cocktail on the beach. But now I'd probably wake up and yeah. make sure I do 20-30 minutes of yeah. some kind of resistance and it's some kind of pump on yeah definitely um, talking of food and that mate protein mm-hmm. I know it's to us it's old news man yeah yeah <laughs> to some people it's not uh, uh, I've, been, I've been protein deficient for six years apparently well this is it man I mean you, you've, you're wasting away man yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. now what, where do you where do you get your main what, what, what's your main sources what, what do you like I mean mm-hmm. for me it's it's got to be tofu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? Um, I've recently started eating tempeh. Tempeh. Yeah. The last few, I know it's an acquired taste. Yeah, yeah. And I know some people hate it, but mm-hmm. it's just so clean and it man, so good for you, man. The it's, it's lean, yeah. lean protein in it, pretty much. Yeah, I yeah. Compared it on one of the podcasts, um, and we was comparing it to a chicken breast. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah I it, think you know it, what I mean. It was, yeah. it was pretty much bang on. Bang on. Um, what do you, what do you eat? What's your what does a typical day of eating look like for you? <laughs> not not in Zanzibar, but yeah, yeah, you wake like up over here. What 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 do you what for, do you feed yourself with? For me, I'm a very. My wife always says it. She she says she's like, oh, Brandon's so routine, and I just don't know. He eats the same stuff every day and enjoys it. And um, I suppose I look at food. Obviously, I look at food for enjoyment, and I, I wouldn't eat something if I didn't like it. Like there's a few things I had at first, like things like sea moss, and that was like, okay, not the great best taste. A few herbal teas, not the best taste, but. After a bit, I'm like, okay, it's not it's not something I go, oh, I can't wait to taste that. But I'm like, okay, it's doing good for my body. And I kind of like that with food. But f- my food, generally, I do actually enjoy it. I'd say I've got quite, um, quite a sweet tooth, hence why I eat a lot of fruit and stuff like that. But predominantly, I try and do intermittent fasting. So I normally stop eating around 8 p.m. on the evening. And then I eat, I break my fast at 12 noon, pretty much most days. Sometimes a little bit later, sometimes a little bit earlier. I'm not too strict on myself. Um predominantly in the warmer months as it's getting a bit warmer summer tends to be generally like more so smoothies or some sort of fruity bowl when it's a bit cooler or winter it's like overnight oats or i've been experimenting with a grain called fonio at the minute because um oats are a great grain very accessible very cheap but i have read that they're very hybridized as well so the oats we eat now aren't like how we used to eat them so they're quite high in starch and also they're harder to break down but fonio is actually like an ancient uh, african grain that hasn't been tampered with and it's like um it's kind of like quinoa but a bit smaller and it's Mm. really small little balls it's technically a seed which Mm. is the same as quinoa is and literally you pull it in a pan i normally put about 60 grams 100 ml of water boil that it's literally fluffed up within three four five minutes Mm. that easy and then what i tend to do then is i'll have that as almost my porridge base Mm. so it's like a replacement for the oats and Mm. they're 
um, Fonio is really high in iron. It's an alkaline grain. If you know much about people talking alkaline diets and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, rich in protein, got all your amino acid profiles. So that's um, that's probably one big part of my protein source in my breakfast is that. Um, if I do have smoothies, it's not just fruit. So I'll have like tahini, I'll have uh, protein, but I try not to have any of the like super manufactured flavoured ones. I just have hemp protein, which is just blended up hemp seeds. It's got an acquired taste, bit earthy, bit seedy. Definitely wouldn't recommend just having it in water, which you can do with some of like, you know, a vanilla vegan shake or whatever. But in a smoothie, in my oats, whatever. For me, I'm accustomed to it now, so I don't taste it. My missus on the other hand, I'll make her try some stuff. She's like, oh, is that that hemp? In and, you know, she doesn't like it, but she's not used to it. But hemp, for example, I think um, per 100 grams, I'm sure it's got... How many grams of protein has it got? It's, it's, it's between 30... I think it's about 30 grams or something per 100 or something like that, or it might be higher. The fibre content's ridiculous, and it's got your omega-3, 6s and 9s and all that stuff as well. Mm. So that's a big protein source for me, because I normally have one in the morning with my breakfast scoop, 30 grams... And I have one after the gym in the smoothie as well uh, with like frozen berries and stuff. Uh, and then I said like the nut seeds, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, linseed, chia seeds, peanut butter. Um, what else as well? And then obviously fruits have got some level of protein in. They're obviously not seen as a protein source. But mm. the the thing with protein is as well is people see protein and like, oh, it's high in protein. But do you actually know what that means? Because, for example, you put an avocado on the table and you put... Um, I don't know, cheeseburger. I don't know if this is accurate. The cheeseburger might have less fat. Fat is just a, you know, um, a heading for many, many different things. Mm. So people might go, oh yeah, but the burger's got lower fat, but the avocado's got polyunsaturated and monounsaturated fats, which are good for your heart, good for your body, good for your cholesterol. But then mm. you might choose the burger because it's less in fat. And it's the same with protein. People will pick up something and go, oh, protein, it's got this much protein. But your body only needs nine essential amino acids. Your body makes all the rest. I think there's like 30-something in total. Your body needs nine from food that it can't make. So Mm. as long as you're consuming those in the um, relevant quantities Mm. in whole foods, you'll have more than enough for your body to grow and repair. Mm. And that's the misconception with protein, I think, is everyone's just chasing protein, protein, protein. And it's like, you could eat... For example, seton is really high in protein and some vegan people go, oh, it's a great protein source. In hindsight, you're not lying, but the main protein in seton is gluten. Gluten doesn't really have any like process for muscle building or anything, but on the packet, it's telling you it's got stupid amounts of grams of protein. Mm. So that's where you've got to look into actually what you're eating because you could eat massive amount of protein, but you're not eating the right protein. So, so a vegan could eat I don't know, 200 grams a day and he's looking at me eating 100 and going, oh yeah, look, you only have half of me, you're not getting enough. But Mm. if mine's more quality, it's not about the quantity. So I try and make sure I've got that vast variety of all my amino acids. That's why Brazil nuts like got a full amino acid profile, walnut. When I say full amino acid profile, I mean like the nine that you need. Mm. Walnuts, hemp's got that, quinoa's got that, phonio's got that. Some people say, um, like this is another anti-vegan argument where they'll say, uh, certain foods haven't got all nine essential uh, amino acids, acids yeah. um, but then you—it's all about bioavailability. Yeah. It? So people don't look into the fact that your body can store these amino acids yeah, yeah. and and connect with your next meal. Then do you know what I mean? Yeah. And as long as you kind of spread it out across mm-hmm. the day. Yeah. Um, and I think th- that got debunked ages ago, man. That was like—I'm mm. I'm sure like there was like a study in like 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in America, that that kind of debunked that, and that yeah. was just like old news kind of thing but yeah. still people will use that to say yeah oh, plant protein's not as not as efficient as, as animal proteins but 
It's, it's all there, isn't it? It's, it's just another scare tactic, same with the B12, same with the vitamin D, all that malarkey. It's like, if you're educated and you know, but this is again, like I said, with the system, you're not given the information from the system to think differently. So if you're being told by the system, this isn't good for you, and you haven't got the mind capacity or awareness to like, okay, I'll look into this. If, if the person who's feeding you is telling you no, then you'll just be like, okay, I can't do it, then it's not good. And then you try and push your propaganda onto everyone else and be like, oh, they told me it's bad, so you can't do it either. But no, I'm doing it, I'm fine. Like, I'm, you know, mm. you're a living example. I'm a living example of being vegan for however long. Uh, you know, I haven't dropped down dead. I've got less sickness, I feel better, less inflammation, better skin, all these different things. So it just kind of shows that you can do it. But sometimes you have to be the example as a physical thing mm. people can see before they go, oh, okay, actually I will try it because I've saw you do it. Sometimes it's still not enough though. No, no, no. It, it's mad. Um, yeah. People will still use the arguments against you and you say, well, yeah. okay, then, okay, Okay, you can't build muscle. Yeah, okay, yeah. look at this vegan bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's bad for this. Yeah. Well, it's not because look at these people yeah. who live in, live until 96, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's, um, there's, just, there's just all kinds of arguments that you can literally show proof. Yeah. And still, it's just like it's not, it's not, it's not good enough. Have you had any um, negativity from people in the last seven years? Yeah, I'd say... Maybe not so much negative, but like little... You know, like half-hearted jokes or... Yeah, I think, to be honest, though, when you do anything new in your life, you always get that. I think that's just... I don't know what other cultures are like, but I just, I generally think that's quite a, an English sort of thing. It's like you try something different and even at school or whatever it is, like, oh, look what you're doing. Or Like, if you're not in, again, the conditioning, if you're mm. not in with all the sheep and you're the sheep who wanders off, everyone's like, oh, look what they're doing. And until 10, 20, 30 other sheep come and join you, that's, that's when the other people want to know. And... You know, I've had little jokes like, ah, oh, because I, to be honest, when I first went vegan, um, I lost a lot of weight. I lost about, you know, two stone or something like mm. that. But I also quit the gym because I, I got really like spiritual. I was like doing yoga like four or five times a week. You know, yoga is amazing. Flexibility, mindfulness, spiritualness, all of that. In terms of resistance for your body, not that great compared to weight training. Mm -hmm. And I'm naturally slim anyway. I've got like an athletic build. So the weight just fell yeah. off me. Obviously on top of eating a lower dense, you know, um, mm. diet like eating more and I was eating so clean like I'm talking I was eating things like raw broccoli and everything like I wasn't even cooking a lot of fruits and vegetables because I was reading if you cook stuff it kills the um, the goodness and the vitamins and that and I was going like proper proper and people used to, I used to hear things like some people would say the odd thing to me, but a lot of people tend to talk behind your back. And when you've got a big friend circle, you hear things like, oh yeah, Brandon's gone skinny, that vegan stuff, done this to him and done that and blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, it's just like, you get all these little things and it's even still now people say things and like, oh yeah, uh, all you do is eat is grass. And uh, like, you know, all the stand like, and now I just kind of laugh and I'm just like, you know what? If that gives you a bit of amusement for the day, cool. When I first did it, yeah, I probably would have, you know, dropped myself down and argued with you and say, oh, what Jimmy and blah, blah, blah. And, but now I'm just past it because I've done it for so long. I feel better. I know so much about food. I know the goodness is doing for me. I know the better, um, the goodness is doing for the planet. So no matter what you say to me, it's not going to throw me. Like, I'm happy to listen to information. Like, if you said to me, oh, yeah, I read this about meat or fish, I heard it can only you can only get this from that and it's essential for the body, you can't get it on a vegan diet, then I'll have a conversation with you and I'll be like, okay, let me look into that or see if I can give you some info back. Those convos, mm. I will have them all day. I love them. Yeah. And if you come at me slandering me or saying, oh, oh, you're a wimp or, oh, it's not manly, and I'm just like, manly, so you eat steak, you've got no hair, you've got a big 
belly because all you're doing is eating heavy foods and drinking and all that stuff and like even like heavy meat based diets are linked to impotence where you you know erectile dysfunction and all these different things yeah. because of high levels of fat and I'm like you just don't even know like what you're saying well it's Mate, just the, the average vegan has got 7% higher testosterone than the <laughs> average meat eater Mad. So I didn't even know that yeah so it just goes to show doesn't it because it's all the hormones as well because your body produces testosterone. It's a hormone in your body. So if you feed it the right foods, it will make more of those things. And if you're eating a lot of meat that's pumped with chemical hormones, as I said, with the cows, because they're ill, they need vaccines, they need antibiotics, all this stuff. It's all disrupting your body and then your body can't function how it needs to. So that, in hindsight, would make sense. But if you said that to someone who does eat meat, they'd be like, oh, it's a load of rubbish. You need you know, your steak to get your, your, pro, um, your testosterone and eggs and whatever else. And it's just... Yeah, it's just, you know, big misconception, man. Really mm. big misconception, which is a shame, but I suppose people like myself and you talk about it and hopefully uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. opens people's minds up a bit. Definitely, you know I mean? yeah. So, What about family? Um, any of your family vegan or is it, are you kind of like the odd one out? Or Well, you and the missus. Yeah. Um, no, nah, to be fair, um, well, me and my missus did it. Um, tried to my mom took to it pretty well my mom did it pretty much straight away um she went veggie for a bit still eating cheese because cheese is a big one to give up for lots of people uh her partner's um also vegan my little brother's vegan he was veggie for like a few years then went vegan um and that's it in my family my mother-in-law she's quite veggie but she still has the odd thing and then like family members who we're quite close to, like my brother-in-law and um, like my missus's parents. If we go round, they're happy to have like you know a vegan day or a meal, and they're very open to it. Like you know what I mean, which is quite good to see. Like so, even you know one or two times a week, they're having a break from it or they're trying something different. And you know we've gone round other weeks like oh we tried oat milk this week or we've tried them vegan Kievs from Aldi or you know what I mean like switching yeah. it up. So it's it's good that you plant little seeds and obviously it changes that. Yeah, uh, but that's been that's it really. Everyone else is kind of. You know what it's like when you find something new, you try and preach it a bit and stuff. Uh, my mm. dad never really talked to it. He's always been a big meat eater and he's like, nah, he's always got something to say back to what I say. And I think it's <laughs> that kind of generation and a bit of ego. And I'm they just ain't like, changing, man. Nah, and I'm just like, dad, just try it for a bit, man. Like, just see what you think, even if you do it for a month and you hate it yeah. and all this stuff. And he's like, nah, nah, yeah, I need they're, it. They're setting the ways. But funnily enough, I met someone the other day who was yeah. 70. Yeah. And he... Uh, you know, he's like an old school geezer, mm. tattoos. Yeah, yeah. You could tell he's been in a few pub fights and that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You could tell he's been round, round the block a bit. And uh, he said, oh, have you, have you got the veggie place? I said, yeah, the vegan place. I said, yeah, I've been veggie for 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was I was just shocked, man. I was like, how come? He's yeah. like, health. He went, no, no, just, he said, like, the, the hypocrisy surrounding the, the animals and stuff. Yeah, and it just yeah. shocked me, man, because yeah. usually, you know, he's a stereotypical old-fashioned geezer who, yeah. who, who, who like your dad and my dad are set yeah. in the ways and it was just refreshing to see. to see man you know what I mean you don't really get it yeah, but then yeah. again I've met I've met a lot of people coming in like ex-convicts who are yeah. big blokes um, coming in ordering um, you know Thai noodles or something and you yeah. think if you looked at him in the street you'd, you'd, yeah. you'd think he'd be down at the uh, the two pound chicken shop yeah, you know yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it is mad who you yeah. kind of meet and you yeah. and, and, and to us it, it's there is no stereotype now, is there? especially in the last few years, how it's grew and yeah, yeah, the yeah. different people kind of. What um, what would you say that you've, if you influenced anybody? Has anyone come up to you in the last few years? Because obviously you've got a really nice setup on social media. Yeah, yeah. You do your motivational speeches and stuff, and your holistic health. Yeah. Uh, videos. Uh, does anyone kind of pop up to you and ask you about that and kind of 
follow 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 your path. Yeah, to be fair, I've had uh, that's I've got like a bit of a bittersweet with social media because I I do love it, but I, I hate's a strong word. I hate some aspects of it, and this that's one thing I love because the connection with people. It's like if I if I did what I was doing and social media wasn't a thing and I was just talking to my friend group of ten twelve people, you know, you might get one or two people who you know might jump on it or understand it but then it probably comes annoying to some people because they don't want to know so social media is a way you can like broadcast your opinion your knowledge your intake on stuff and like reach out to people you never would have met like all across the globe or your country and it's really cool i've had people pop up to me saying you know and it's sometimes it's been at times when i can't be asked to do content anymore because i'm like a cba like i just i feel like it's effort or it doesn't get the engagement i'd like it to get not because i want to be famous or i want loads of likes i'm just like okay i've spent an hour editing that video done this and like you know so many people have viewed it what's the point and then you know you find mm. an algorithm and all this all this yeah. madness but it's, it's quite nice when you have people like say oh, i appreciate you sharing that um <laughs> yeah i appreciate um you sharing this i've i've been following your page like people you don't even know and like, i've been following you for a few years and i've tried this recipe i've done this uh i've told my mom about this and now this is better for her and all these little people telling me stuff and i'm like wow like you don't realize how much of an impact you're having on people even when mm. people aren't necessarily reacting to your stuff whether it's a like a comment a pop-up on your story even them just watching your story every day like you think oh people are just being nosy sometimes but you don't know what you're doing for that person and it's like I've had a lot of messages like that nice messages and when I did the food pop-ups for a while before COVID people were like oh the food's so good it's made me want to try this and it just oh, it's just planting those little seeds and it's nice to know that I've kind of helped people along the way and I've connect I feel like I've gained some good friends online some people I haven't even met physically in person but I speak to them on a level more deeper than what I would talk to some of my friends because they're so set in their ways mm. so it's really nice to have that platform to be able to do that get some recognition back give people recognition and just you know kind of share that experience it's like without social media i probably never would have bumped into you for example and now we're mm. sat here doing a podcast you know what i mean yeah, yeah. so whereas yeah. if i said to one of my mates should we do a podcast talking about veganism and lifestyle might have had one mate two mates tops right, exactly the, I, I was looking through the other day down my list you know you've got whatsapp and all your yeah yeah all your recent combos and i've looked down yeah thinking oh who, who should i get in this week yeah 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 and i ended up scrolling a lot man yeah. and i was thinking okay we're outnumbered here big yeah. time man do you know what i mean yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> because i speak to so many yeah. plant-based people yeah i thought oh there's loads but then you, when you actually look down your list yeah and you think what well, man okay we're definitely the five percent yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah and um but yeah, I think like you said, it is there is more and more people kind of yeah. kind of open to it now. Whereas five years ago, it was like, oh, what are you doing? You, you pussy, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. Or, or whatever else. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, like I said, without social media, you wouldn't have that. Um, I mean, I've still got people I met like eight years ago in mm. Malaysia or something, yeah. and like, I've never spoke to them since. And mm. then they've like popped popped up and asked me a question, question. Or, and you think, oh, I've, normally I'd have met them and never spoke to them again, kind yeah. of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just, just for the way the path that life takes you down, kind of thing. But of course. yeah, it's good to, uh, like you say, connect with people, people. Who, 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 who believe in it, who are interested in it, and, mm-hmm. and it is, it is a growing thing. No, hundred percent. I went to ask you about fasting as well. Okay. You said that you eat, um, what eight, uh, eight hours fast, sixteen at the mini. Yeah, I've yeah. Done. I've done a lot of OMAD. I've done a lot of one meal a day. I, okay. I think one year I did about ten months of it, solid, mm. Mm. just one meal a day. I think that. That is what I've got like a serious control over my my cravings and my yeah. my um my food intake. Like I could I could have a plain bowl of rice mm-hmm. and it wouldn't bother me. You know what I mean? I could have 
like you said, kind of eating the same things. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are like, oh, I can't eat that. You know, I had it yesterday and I'm like, no, I'll eat it for like three months flat, man, yeah, yeah, every yeah. day. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that's why I think, I think fasting's had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. What benefits have you had from fasting? Um, Could you say the same? Yeah, so fast, fasting for me, uh, obviously intermittent, because you've got different kinds of fasting. I've done a few different fasts, to be fair. Intermittent fasting is something I try and practice like every day, pretty much, as I said. Stopping eating at 8 p.m. on the night, eat at 12 noon the next day, 8-hour window. I've done other fasts. I've done two-day fasts. I've done a one-day fast. I did a five-day water fast. That was pretty intense, to be fair. Um, that was obviously going more into that's like proper deep deep cleansing you know that is bit of spiritual side clearing lymphatic system resetting your immune system like there's a lot into that that you could go into so but in terms of the intermittent fast which i do every day i'd probably say because i practice that the most um the main thing has been like discipline because it almost like because when you wake up in the morning you think oh okay i'm starving but you're actually not like your belly being uncomfortable is you need water you've been asleep for eight hours dry most of us the night before have had a sugary meal. Like you have dinner, heavy meal, probably too late. That you should have had a lot earlier because you're going to bed soon. You end up having something sugary, like a treat. You wake up, you're ravenous. Your body's in its biggest detox state in the morning, and the first thing we do is like, oh, okay, wake up. I'll have a, I'll have a coffee and I'll have a, you know, bacon sandwich or something heavy and thick bread, high sugar cereal. You're crashing, you're starving again within a few hours. So. It's given me that discipline and appreciation for food because when 12 comes, don't get me wrong, when I first started it, I only got to 10 o'clock and I had to eat. I got to 11 and then I had to eat and then it got to a point I was pushing to 12 and I was like, but then I'd be looking at my phone like, oh, but like, yeah, 10 minutes I can eat, five minutes I can eat. But now it's like, I don't even think about it. Like mm. I could start a job at like, you know, sorting my bit of work out in the morning at work. We, we climb, because I'm an electrician, but I work on pylons and stuff. It could be half 10, we're like, okay, let's go up and do the job. Um, before, I'd have been like, oh, I'm not going to be able to eat at 12 o'clock. But it's like, okay, I'll come up. Might come down at half one, might come down at two. Sound, I've been busy, I'll eat my food. And it's just that discipline and respect for food and knowing that just because it's always there, it shouldn't be something that controls you so much. Like, almost take yourself away from it because it's like an addiction. It's dopamine at the end of the day. Like, yeah. we eat food because we love it. It sends our dopamine signals off. Hence why bad food tastes so good because it's sugar, salt, additives but it gives you that appreciation of food and be like, okay, I can respect my food. And when I do break my fast, I, I want to even eat even better because if you haven't eaten for 16 hours, you then don't want to go and eat a chocolate bar. You want to think, okay, let me really eat something wholesome. So there was that perspective. And then there's a lot of scientific sides, like it boosts your human growth factor, which is obviously good for muscle building, regeneration, cell repair, stem cell repair, testosterone, hormones, obviously giving your digestive system a break. Um, brain fog there's so many benefits those are all scientific I would say I've noticed that difference in myself but again because I did it so gradually and I've done it for so long now unless I stopped intermittent fasting for like say six months and was eating at eight in the morning I probably wouldn't know how good I feel if that makes sense Mm -hmm. Uh, but for me it's just like yeah it's just that discipline and understanding and as I said the scientific benefits which Mm. there's so many people talking about it that it just can't be wrong so if you're boosting or like if you're worried about protein for example as a vegan or even meat eater just by intermittent fasting you're increasing your human growth factor um, five times isn't it yeah something crazy After something like 16 to 18 hours and that's why the 16 hour period so good because you get into that and then testosterone and that you're boosting all these things by not eating but we're so 
conditioned to think eating is the answer for everything but sometimes ab- the absence of food is healing for the body because if you're in the wild you wouldn't wake up and have a fridge to open like you'd have to go and hunt your food or you know go find a tree that's got so many apples on berries whatever it is and you wouldn't eat till whatever time mm. you probably wouldn't even drink water till whatever time so mm. fasting's in our dna naturally but mm. we've come so far away from it because of obviously the convenience of stuff again it's amazing but we abuse it now and that's why there's so much disease so i think something like fasting is a principle everyone should look into try it intermittent fasting is the easiest one and see how you get on and to me there's only endless amounts of benefits and you'll learn how to control your mind to stomach connection because they're so linked uh, there's probably things like you know like 90 percent of your serotonin is made in your gut 50 percent of your dopamine is made in your gut your stomach's actually made from the same fetal tissue when you're like not even a living thing as, as an embryo as your brain like they're they're made like from the same stuff so the the link is crazy so if you can control your hunger cravings or how you feel in your gut like you can literally control your whole sort of like perspective on life if that makes mm. sense it's, it's just very like well, the, the microbiomes in your gut yeah they reckon there's there's more intelligence in you in your gut yeah, than, yeah. than is it cat's brain yeah and and what, what you eat mm. feeds feeds how you think and, yeah, and your yeah. moods and stuff and yeah. um and you know yourself, man. If you have, if you have a butter bowl, you feel good. You feel good, yeah, yeah. If you have a, 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 a I don't know, a chocolate brownie, yeah, yeah, you're gonna feel a bit shit, yeah, for a, for a bit. But um, yeah, you feel the. But now, nah, yeah, fasting, it's um, it's definitely and and, and like you, if you're giving your digestive system a rest, yeah, that's why people say you, your brain fog disappears, isn't it? Because yeah. now all of a sudden your energy's in your brain. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's having a little break. You know what I mean? The energy's got to go somewhere, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's going to your brain, kind of thing. Hundred percent. Would you say that that's um that's definitely had a, had a had a, had a say on your, your cravings and your, your, your discipline as a yeah. as a whole like yeah definitely 100% I, I swear by it man you yeah. know what I mean I say it to everyone mm-hmm. like I don't know why I just don't crave food yeah I still enjoy food yeah, yeah I just yeah. don't ever get that big urge yeah and I, do, you... I do think it just it breaks your addiction to it 100, it does like and the prolonged fast especially do that as well because you've got such an abstinence from food and it resets your taste buds your microbiome and it's like, like you said, with the microbiome, you don't really, like, it's, li- it's essentially like another living being with inside yourself. And it sounds weird that you've got all these bugs and stuff that are basically, without them, you would die. And it's weird because they're living inside of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but they dictate all the stuff. So when you see people who can't break salty food addictions, sugar addictions, processed food addictions, all these different things, even food, meat, cheese, they're all addictive, acidic foods and bad bacteria feed on them. If, if you've got an overload of bad bacteria in your stomach, that controls your thought process. So they're dictating what you eat, what you do, how you feel, what decision you're going to make today. So you've really got to get in tune with your stomach. And that's why eating good food, it's like, it's the biggest form of self-respect for your body ever. If you can choose what goes in your mouth, like you are, you've got so much self-respect for your body. But if you just eat anything because it's there, because it tastes nice, you're essentially saying you don't care about yourself. You know what I mean? So it's quite quite worrying that, but yeah. So fasting definitely is a, a big protocol I recommend everyone looks into. Yeah, it's got to be one of the hardest things to control as well. Yeah. And there is a quote, but I'm not going to try and say what it is because I forgot, but it's something <laughs> like it, it, if you can control what you eat, you can kind of control yeah. any aspect of your life, you know what I mean? 100%. Mate, I'd love to talk about meditation, mm-hmm. sleep, calisthenics. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go into all that I know you've got to go and play badminton <laughs> in, te- in 12 minutes what time is it oh yeah 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 I've got to be there so before. I reckon um, we'll have to do a part two we'll have to do a part two yeah, there'll yeah. probably be a few parts man yeah, but, uh, yeah. but now nah, that's been um, it's been good man yeah
you definitely know what you're on about with you, the nutrition side and no, I appreciate hopefully it. Uh, people can tart up their diet a little bit man mm-hmm. and, and, and get something from it yeah yeah um, your Instagram is vital yeah it's I think I changed actually let me have a look I think it's vital. Is it a new one um, no it's still vitalized but I changed the, the yeah so it's uh, vital dot idle underscore vital dot idle underscore yeah. for all Jamaican vegan recipe needs and motivational reels health tips anything like that anything really. like that man and yeah. it, it, it is it is good to see man um like you say there's a lot of people with millions of likes mm-hmm. doing ridiculous things yeah people like you should have the millions of likes <laughs> and views and i'm sure you will one day man no i appreciate it no, it's really good to see but uh cheers mate and i'm looking forward to part two already man because there's yeah. a lot we haven't covered i know i do and, you, um, you get talking and like the time just flows and i was i forgot about the time until you said and i, I was did like, just check man i was thinking yeah, he's got to yeah. go man so I'll, i better end it short man yeah, but um that's cool but now nah, good to see you mate and uh thanks for the info i'm sure some people will take a lot from it mm-hmm. and uh i'll see you on part two mate nice one uh, bless thanks for having me cheers geezer